0: Internet, you're tuned in to episode 109 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, welcome back to another week here in 2021. Uh, as a year, so far, I'm gonna give it like a D, but for gaming news, that's coming in at like it's a solid B plus, a minus range right now. Like, we're off to a first couple weeks, fire, I'm in no trouble putting the show together, and I gotta say, I'm appreciative for it. Yeah.
1: I mean this week though has been pretty pretty tough I would say for me to scrape some news together. So but we've got a bunch of questions from the Malpot's. So and we've got some there's good. some good stuff.
0: There's some there's some meat on these bones. Oh yeah. You I'm know? looking forward
1: to a classic Pete Rant halfway through the show.
0: Oh yeah. You better you better get ready for it, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, before we get to that that rant, uh, of course, we are the podcast. We are lootpots.com's weekly Nintendo and gaming podcast, where Steve and I get together every week and talk about what we're playing, what's going on in the world of gaming. And uh, answer questions from listeners like you. If you want to be a part of the show, remember you can write in uh, for our MailPot segment, just like a bunch of fine folks did, uh, in a number of ways. You can, of course, hit me up at PeteAtLoopPots.com. You can come join our Discord, where we have an always-growing community of Potsheads just like you, submitting their questions, helping each other find next-gen consoles, and talking about what's going on in their gaming lives. It's a great place. You can come talk with me and Steve. You can come join our Twitch streams, all kinds of good stuff. Um, so come be a part of the community. Uh, and, of course, you can also go over on our weekly Twitter thread, uh, which we've been throwing up on Sunday mornings now because we've kind of changed our recording schedule lately. So any of those ways, easy way to be be a part of the show. Uh, of course, if you want to get some more content from us, you can head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pots, where every Thursday, uh, Steve and I have been streaming something. Last week, I streamed a little bit of my Pokemon Blue randomizer uh, run through right now. That was a ton of fun, had a great time with the community. We went and raided uh, Friend of the Show Sierra Plus Ultra stream right after that. Uh, so we had a good time. Um, so if you want to come get some more Lupot's content, come hang out with me and Steve. Uh, come hook up with other other members of the community. Um, it's a great way to come be a part of it and do some cool stuff. Uh, we've been slowly working in extra streams. Um, obviously the goal is to get a few more days in rotation this year. Um, you know, if everything worked out by the time you're listening to this we also streamed sea of thieves this sunday uh if not we'll owe you one this week um because i just put it out there now so uh (laughs) uh come come check it out we've been having a lot of fun over on the twitch channel it's been a great way to uh you know play some games together get to know people in the community a little bit better um so i hope you'll come be a part of it and then uh of course you can head over to the youtube channel um this show's on youtube now we'd love it if you'd go and subscribe Uh, we are trying to grow the subscriber base over there and get more of a presence for the podcast on YouTube. Um, so if you are an audio listener, if you've never gone and checked out the show, please go head over to the new channel. We'll have a link to it in the show notes and, uh, just give us a subscribe. It really does help out quite a bit. Um, and then last but not least, if you want to show your support, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash where for just a buck you'll get access to our archive of our Patreon exclusive show After Dark, where for uh, you know, an extra hour or so, Steve and I leave the mics rolling. We talk about what else is going on in our lives, stuff outside the world in Nintendo. Uh it's a great time, it's a great show. I think it's well worth a buck, and uh it is the best way to show your support and help us grow, keep the mics on, and all that good stuff. Uh, so I hope you'll go check it out. I hope you sh- you'll show your support in any of those ways, however you can. Um, however you choose to be a part of the show, we're happy to have you here. So that's enough shilling for now. Let's jump into what we're playing this week. Uh, I, I'm i going to start because... Yeah, I, w- I want to know about your Pokemon stream, to be honest. Okay, yeah. So we'll start there. We'll start there. Mm-hmm. Um, So Thursday night, right? Steve and I, we, we have to stream. We have our stream lined up. Uh, originally... We talked about last week we were supposed to get working on um, some like silly emulator stuff. We were going to do like some randomizers with Ocarina of Time or I was going to watch Steve do a playthrough. Like we had a couple things that we were we were trying around with um, that it looks like we'll probably have going next week instead. Uh, but for one so, yeah. reason or another, they didn't they didn't come together. So I'm kind of like scrambling to get things together. We almost did see of Thieves. We you know, we're, we had a couple things up in the air. Ultimately, uh, between Steve and Zade uh, recommending it, I decide I'm going to go do this Pokemon randomizer thing. And um, yeah, I've been talking about it for a few—it feels like months now, but I think it's—it's it's probably just like six weeks. It's like two weeks it. Oh, it was—it was after Christmas you started. Was on it, right? it? I'm sure. It I don't was. even know. Honestly, I have no idea. That could be true. So maybe it's only been like three or four weeks. But either way, I've been—I've been jumping in and out of this every once in a while and having a lot of fun with it. And. Um, it was great to get to play it with the, the audience because, I mean, I think Pokemon definitely lends itself to streaming in that way because it's like it's slow enough that it's easy to talk and run the chat. But, you know, the randomizer of it all like made there be a lot of like fun kind of just weird events kind of happen. Um, the funniest thing that happened, though, I think, at least for me as somebody who's been playing the game, uh, was that in the Safari Zone, a lot of the Pokemon that are supposed to show up were showing up. And I was like, wow, what are the odds of that? Like, the yeah. fact that the, the randomizer happened to drop. And they, so they were in the wrong spots, but they were still the right Pokemon for the Safari Zone. So I was like, wow, that's... Huh, that's something. I was <laughs> like, what, is it 251? 151 in the first
1: 151. Team. So you got 151 Pokemon, and it chose, like, what, the four that are in the Safari Zone?
0: Well... The Safari Zone does have more biodiversity than pretty much anywhere else in the map because, like, each section of it has different Pokemon that'll show up. And there's a few that only show up in the Safari Zone, but then there's a bunch that will show up, you know, other places on the map, whatever. Um, So, yeah, it was like like Kangaskhan is one of them, and I think you only find it in the deepest part of the Safari Zone, but I found it in, like, the first area. And I was like, oh, huh, what are the odds? And then that happened, like, two more times. Where it was just a Pokemon that was supposed to be there, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> that hasn't happened to me once yet. It's always been something totally crazy.
1: How, how did uh, how did everyone like it? Were they like uh, having fun with the randomizer with you?
0: Yeah, yeah, it seemed like everybody was was getting on well with it. Um, I think they were they were as surprised as I was about some of this stuff. <laughs> you know, you hear somebody talk about it, but it's it's funny to like see things that you know. Like I went into like Koga's gym and there like was one poison Pokemon. And I went to the fighting gym and fought no fighting types. You know, okay. or maybe one. Um, so it's just like goofy stuff like that where it's like ah, I know what this is supposed to be, and it is very much not that. Um, but yeah, I, I made a good amount of progress now. Um, I I beat Koga's gym. I got uh, Surf and Strength. I just headed back to Saffron. I've got to do the stuff with Rocket and then beat Sabrina, and then I'm headed off to Cinnabar, and then the the last gym in the Elite Four. So I think I, I think I'll probably be done with it in like two to three more play sessions, depending okay. on how long I play.
1: Are you going to carry on with another Pokemon one after this, or are you think you're going to go to a different game with a different randomizer?
0: Um, I think I'll definitely play another Pokemon. I don't know that I'll do another randomizer. I think I might try another fan made thing. Um, cause I'm kind of like working on a script in my mind of like, you know, um, well, I won't, I won't spoil it, but I'm, wor- I'm working on something that, uh, it behooves me to try out a few different mods. Um, so I think I'll probably kick around to something else first and then maybe do another randomized run. Cause I want to do a couple of them and do a video like just about the randomizer, you know, a couple other things. So I'm trying to like figure out what's the best order to do it to like keep myself engaged, you know, and keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, so I think what I might do next is I think – I forget what it's called. I think it's it's like Royal Red or something like that. Um,
1: what does that like add to or change?
0: Uh, so it is – it's pretty cool. Um, oh, man. I cannot find what it's called. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, So it adds a bunch of stuff, but like the most important thing – for me, is that it it ups the difficulty like pretty significantly, uh, where it is um, like the way that I heard it kind of explained to me was that anybody who you fight in the overworld who's like a regular trainer has the AI of like a gym leader or an elite four member, and then okay. the gym leaders and the elite four members have the AI of like a, a, a competent player, like an actual player. So um, that definitely was something that like stood out to me right away of like oh my god yeah like that's that's what i want right is is pokemon to be able to like just challenge me again and you know it's been quite some time uh since since there was a game that really that really like tested my mental you know and, and made me like have to actually think about strategy and stuff like that you know and like that's why i play against other players and that's great but i do really want that from a single player experience again yeah um so I'm, I'm hoping that like the um this fire red hack that i'm i'm thinking of that i just can't remember the name of apologies uh as well as some of the other like kaizo stuff i've looked into or whatever is gonna like scratch that itch for me so that'll probably be what i do next
1: okay i mean i'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about it um uh, like I said, I've never done any of this randomizer stuff. I'm looking forward to doing Ocarina of Time. Whether we do Ocarina of Time this week without randomizers, because I've never played the game and I kind of get a feel for I it. I feel and like you we should take me. a few
0: weeks and have you beat the game first.
1: Yeah, maybe we should do that, and I should actually play the game, and then yeah. we move into maybe you taking the controls and doing a randomizer because you'll be totally familiar with it and know exactly sure. what you're doing.
0: That'd be cool. Whereas, yeah,
1: I've never played. That'd the
0: be game. a good way to celebrate Zelda's anniversary.
1: Yes, it would, even though we haven't really heard anything from Nintendo about that yeah, It would be great. That's why
0: we need to do it. We got to pick yeah. up the torch. Let's do you it. Know? All right. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, you know, I've been thinking about this, too, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what the listeners think. So you tell me this. Um, I really want to find a way to archive our Twitch streams, especially, like, the good stuff. Like, if we are going to do, like, a full Ocarina playthrough, like, that feels like something worth, like, saving and, and getting up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but it feels ridiculous to have a third youtube channel for gameplay so i'm like do we put it on the podcast channel like what do we do with this 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 gameplay footage so if you're listening right now and the idea of watching steve play through arena for the very first time with me you know kind of guiding him sounds cool to you where how do you how do you as a loot pots fan want to see us archive that do we make a new channel just for Let's Plays, or, or not Let's Plays, like stream archives, or do we just throw it up on one of the other two channels? You let me know. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I personally think it goes on the podcast channel, but we'll see. I
0: I feel like that's not inappropriate.
1: No, I and mean, then we just have a playlist for, for proper episodes, <laughs> playlist for streams. Yeah. I feel It'd like they're okay. one and the same, you know, where the yeah. stream, where the podcast, it's, yeah. It's I'm all about the conversation, baby,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You, <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. We'll figure it out. Figure it out together, everybody. Uh, so outside that, um, you g- – so this was – it's okay. I'm going to uh, pull pull back the curtain real quick here, right? So every week, Steve and I make show notes. And in the what we're playing, we write down what we're playing so that the other knows, you know, it helps for segues, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Steve put the show notes together uh, before I sat down today. And he before guessed what I Before you woke up today. Before I woke up today. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and he guessed what I had been playing this week, and one of the things that I that he guessed uh, was Captain Toad. And there's a fun a fun little anecdote behind that <laughs> uh, that I will share. I have not yet played the game. I'll say I that can't I'll spoil believe that. Right that. Uh, well, I, I got wrapped up in some other stuff that we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. But uh, this was interesting. So you know, if, if you're on Games Twitter. Often, or you're in discords, if you're, you know, one of the people listening to this show, you've probably experienced this in your life, uh, where someone like a Wario64, like a cheap-ass gamer or whatever... Throws out this screenshot and it's like, oh my god, Walmart! It always seems to be Walmart uh, has a pricing error and this game. Everybody, a bunch of people got this game for two dollars or four dollars or whatever. Uh, and you know, it's the whole, you know, whole thing. Like, get it while you can, and it's up for like two seconds. A couple people snag it, and then a bunch of other people get disappointed. Yeah. And then that's kind of the cycle of things, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen over the years. Uh, I finally was the beneficiary of one of these errors. So uh, last week, for like a solid 24 hours, Walmart has this error up uh, in in the States where f- it was supposed to be a discount on the Captain Toad uh, DLC pack that they had put out. And it was marked down for $4. And people realized pretty quickly uh, that... This code was actually for the entire game for $4, which, again, this game's very old. That shouldn't be as good of a deal as it is, but it's a Nintendo product. So we all know that getting a full-price Nintendo game with DLC for $4, that's like stepping in (laughs) shit, you know, but in a good way, I guess. I don't know why people use that metaphor that way, and I'm just realizing how stupid that is. It's like striking gold. That's far more appropriate. Yes. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, it's so a diamond this, in the rough. There you go. Yes, sure. It's a diamond in the rough. So I I, I catch this. I do the thing. I see a bunch of people who are, who are still getting it approved. Uh, I had a few friends who tried to do it. One of them had gotten through right away, and he was actually the one who was like, this works. Go do it right now. Um, whereas... Uh, Actually, my buddy Ed uh, from Gamer Delphia writes into the show a lot. He's been on the show before. Uh, He had his order canceled right away, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, And I end up placing it, seeing what happens, and it's in limbo for like two hours, and I'm like, oh, they're going to cancel this. I'm not going to get it. Like, It's not going to come through. And all of a sudden, I get this email. I immediately run and grab the code and download it before anything shady can happen. And I, I got the full game, man. It boots up and everything. It's it's We're good to go here. I can finally try this game. Like, I don't know, like what, six, seven years after it came out?
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't think it was that long, was it? Because it was what? 3D World, and then they did this, like, spin-off version.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right, World. you're right. Okay, so it's probably only, like, five years old then, right? Yeah, it's not, old that, it's not
1: that old, I don't think. Um, I was so mad. Like, you posted this in Discord. I was in the kitchen... Um, cooking or baking or doing something—I don't—I don't even know—and uh, I—and I got the message, and I was there like frantically on my phone. And the Walmart website sucks so bad. And I was here like I, I put in like a fake US address because it forces you to put like a US address in. So I was like, uh, one hundred, and then like selected from the list, put a fake American number in. Oh I God. go through to PayPal, and it's like, sorry, no, you can't buy this because like the address didn't validate with my PayPal account. So that and then sucks. by the time I went back it was sold out, it was gone, so I couldn't... There was no way I could I could get a copy of it.
0: I thought about just uh ordering, like, a few of them. Oh, you should have, and then did a you know. away. Yeah, I know. I, I screwed up. Uh But, yeah, um I'm excited. Like, it actually came out in 2014, so this is a game that's been on my radar for, like, six, seven years. Um And it just was never a game I wanted to pay $60 for, you
1: know? See, it's not a $60 game here. It's one of the Markdown cheaper... Nintendo games here.
0: Interesting. You hmm. know,
1: like the forty pound ones. Yeah,
0: we don't get those.
1: <laughs> yeah, Luigi's Mansion was one of those as well. It's really strange say... how they price the games here. It's really, yeah. really strange. It's like they still don't think it. It's so weird. Yeah, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, forty pounds on Switch. I mean, if you don't, if you still got a 3DS and you don't care, you could get it for twelve pounds on 3DS. Nobody should do that. Don't play. Nobody. 3DS no. No. Don't should. do that to yourself. Although I'd imagine it's probably
0: easier oh, on you know what? 3DS $40 with the touchscreen. I could see that. You're probably right. But yeah, it is 40 bucks.
1: But either yeah, way. It's one, it's one of the cheaper games. But then you have to, obviously you have to buy the DLC on top if you've already bought the game. But it's not that yeah. bad of a
0: price. So I got it for 10%. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty stoked on plus that you, one, gang.
1: Plus you get $2 worth of uh, Nintendo coins on top of that for like yeah. redeeming it. So you got you got the game essentially for, for $2.
0: Yeah, no, I'll take that. I'm <laughs> real bad. happy about it. <laughs> so uh, I will probably have played that by next week, um, but I didn't, I didn't jump into it yet uh, this, this week because um, I finally finished up my Horizon playthrough. Uh, I talked about last week I was working on the Frozen Wilds DLC, finally done with that, and uh, I wanted to jump into something else, and I was kind of like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for a few games right now. Um, and, uh, that actually, you know what, before I tell you what I've been playing this week, I'm going to pull a, Oh my God.
1: Like you're just, you're just really just
0: dangling this carrot in front of me. I'm I'm like dangling. I'm creating, I'm creating drama, Steve. And I, if there's one (laughs) thing I know about you, it's that you love drama. Yeah. I just feed
1: on it. I seek it out all the time.
0: Right. Exactly. Your favorite, uh, favorite genres of television, reality TV and dramedy, of course. So yeah. Uh, So I'm going to pull another black
1: comedy at the moment. So
0: So, uh, this question comes from one of our Patreon supporters, Left Eye Lazy. He says, is there a game you're genuinely excited for? I feel like my gaming budget is free for the first six months of the year. So before we talk about the last game on my What My Plan uh, list this week, what what games are you excited for in 2021? Deathloop. Very excited for Deathloop. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm
1: hugely excited for that. I I can't play it because I don't have a PS5. Uh, 12 minutes. I'm very excited for 12 minutes, but I don't think I can play it because I think it's a PlayStation exclusive as well. And yeah, PlayStation, dude. Flight Simulator for Xbox. Very nice. excited to play Flight Sim. So you can play that one at least. I can play that one at least, yeah. There's a, there is a game I can play. That's good.
0: Uh, so mine right now, um, Cyber Shadow, is out in two days. Uh, that is the, um, not developed by, but the first game being published by uh, Yacht Club. Um, this Shovel Knight team, and uh, it is actually going to be on Game Pass, day one.
1: Yes, it is. Um,
0: So I'm super excited because that fits uh, very much in my gaming budget right now.
1: Um, (laughs) What, nothing?
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, Because the the other two games I'm looking forward to right now are uh, both in February. They are Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury uh, on the 12th, and then Persona 5 Strikers coming on the 23rd. Um, really excited for both of those games, and I have pre-ordered both of them, so that is my budget for January and February right there. Um, yeah. So Cyber Shadow will, will cover that gap for a bit. Um, of course, I've got Captain Toad to work with, too. Uh, and then Bravely Default 2 is coming out on February 26th, and I, was I, ask I forgot about that, that, that that was coming out so soon.
1: Well there was a new demo that was released this week, so I, I was gonna ask if you played it, but I kinda didn't think you had, so I didn't bring no, it
0: up. No, I had I d I didn't realize there was a new demo that had come. They out. they tweeted so. it out.
1: Whether it was new or whether it was the old one, I don't know, but I know there was a demo that was released for it.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. Um I really want to play that game, but I I don't know.
1: It it's looked iffy game. Yeah. Well,
0: I don't yeah. You don't have any attachment to the original no. and you're not a big JRPG guy um but yeah i that game i'm on the fence about but i might pick that one up later uh and then the only other one that's like imminent right now is um it takes two which oh, is oh yeah i'm so excited for that i didn't realize that was out soon it's in march
1: wow okay yeah i'll be definitely picking that one up
0: um, unless it's and on then, ea play which would be great oh shit it probably EA is play. on ea oh my god dude Oh, I hope that game's free. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, but It Takes Two is the uh, new Joseph, Farr- uh, Joseph Farris Jam. Um, and I I am a big fan of his stuff. I really love his whole, like, asynchronous couch co-op thing. Um, I, didn't,
1: I wasn't massively sold on Brothers when I played it on Switch, but I know that was the terrible mobile version that they ported over. So it wasn't Yeah, one. I'm
0: not going to hold that one against them. Um, I played A Way Out on uh, on PS4, and I loved that. Loved it. I'm... Um,
1: Actually going to be playing that with dad this week. Oh, there was another one I I played that I need to find. Um, I played quite a lot of games this week. And I also should just clarify, by the way, 12 Minutes is coming to Xbox and PC, not PS5. So I can play that. When's that come out? Sometime in 2020 is what they've said. No, 2020. And then it was like, or 2021. We don't know yet. So
0: (laughs) it'll be sometime this year. Uh, And then the other, this is like a little bit, Further out, but for six months, so I'll I'll, I'll call it out. Is uh, new Pokemon Snap on Switch is also oh, yeah. one I'm looking forward to.
1: I, it's not like I'm massively hyped for any of these games, so it's not like. Um say Breath of the Wild 2 was announced and got a release date. Or well, I remember when Animal Crossing had that its definitive release date as it's coming in yeah. April. I was and so we were, like, excited hungry. for it. It was like, I'm looking forward to something. There's no game really that's that's been announced so far that has a definitive release date that I'm just like, oh, I cannot wait to play that.
0: I don't know. i eh, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Like, I, I don't I don't know that any of these are on, on the level of, like, a Breath of the Wild 2 or, like, Horizon 2 is coming later this year, right? Um, if you ask me what the game I'm most excited for in 2021 was, I'd probably say that, right? Um, because that
1: had a confirmed date, though. It does Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think it had a confirmed date.
0: Well, and that was the thing, right? Is like, you know, Left Eye Lazy's question is specifically, like, I feel like my gaming budget is free for the first six months of the year. I don't, know, um, I don't think
1: that's coming until that half. That's probably going to be their holiday game.
0: Right, right. So that, that is kind of what I was... I'm, I'm kind of narrowing it down to just that first six months and looking at these games. And for me, like, I'm really excited about a few of these games, like Persona 5 Strikers. Obviously, I'm really excited to continue the story of Persona 5, less so about the gameplay. Um, and then with Mario World Bowser's Fury, it's kind of the opposite. I'm super excited about the gameplay. Obviously, everything else is kind of immaterial um so i don't know there there i think there's a lot to look forward to in the next six months it's just not necessarily about, um, like
1: shin megami tensei Are you excited for that you're gonna get into that because obviously that's that's a, the origins of persona
0: yeah i'm very and much excited for that but that one
1: doesn't have a hard date either it's 2021 but i think number three did i thought number three had its definitive date that it was that coming. might
0: but i'm not gonna play that I'm going to play the new one because I'll be burnt out if I try to play two in one year. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think those are things you can look forward to in the next six months, uh, Left Eye. Um, But then, actually, uh, we had another related question uh, that I'll pull out. This one comes from Asobi. Um, Thanks for writing back in, buddy. It's been a while. Uh, And he said, what game are you most looking forward to this year? doesn't have to be a Nintendo game, but has to be confirmed to be coming this year. So this one, I'm going to expand it out um i think we'll say confirmed to be coming but doesn't have to have a confirmed release date because otherwise that that limits the answer too much and it's basically the same question as matt um so what game are you most looking forward to this year if you had to pick one game
1: that's been announced as coming in 2021
0: yeah you know what? i'll say give a top three but pick but but number them in order it's going to be the ones I, I've said already.
1: Deathloop, 12 Minutes and Flight Sim. I mean, maybe Far Cry 6 creeps in there somewhere. But I don't know. I don't think it makes it into the top three.
0: You don't like, think for games you're excited about? I'm not saying games you think you'll like the most, right? It's like, the question is, what are you? What games are you most looking forward to this year? You know what I mean? God. Yeah. It's a bit of a different question.
1: It's it's tough, though. Like, I... I I genuinely can't think of any that have that definitive date of it's coming in 2021. Like, all of the PlayStation games were ambiguous. I mean, I know uh, Ratchet & Clank is probably going to be released in 2021 because it was that launch window, but it, yeah. we still don't have a clue if it is or not. It might have been pushed I, to 2022. I think you but can I,
0: count that, though, in the purview of this question. Because, like, I would say, like... Like, I think God of War is probably going to get delayed to 2022. But oh, right now, officially, yeah, there's no way. officially though, right now, it's release date of 2021. So if you wanted to say that's the game you're most looking forward to, I'd be OK with that, even if you think it might get delayed.
1: I mean, I, I, mean, I haven't played. I think that makes it a God more interesting War. question because there's so yeah. many
0: games announced for 2021. I think a lot of them are going to get delayed.
1: But well, yeah, we've seen the first big one was that Harry Potter game.
0: Right. Which is the longer they delay that, the better. Honestly,
1: <laughs> I, I like. So I know you do not listen to it, but triple click with with Jason and Maddie and yeah, yeah. and Kirk, and they're one, both Jason and Maddie made a, a separate prediction, and they didn't share their prediction list with each other. Of um, the the developer will come out with like a pro trans message, or one of the characters in the game will be trans to basically go against the fact that J.K. is a piece of shit, and I really like that, and I hope that that happens. And I still hope that they put a trailer out or something and one of the characters is trans or there's like a trans Bro,
0: flag or something. I, would, I really, really hope so. If they made the lead character in. in What's it? It's. Hogwarts I forget Legacy. The name. Hogwarts Legacy, yeah. If they made the lead character in Hogwarts Legacy a trans character, that would be fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> what a what a absolutely perfect way to be like, no, fuck you. We're taking it yeah. back. Like, that would be amazing. I would love to see like JK Rowling's head spin around to, like fucking and spew vomit when she saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
1: right. I'm looking at a list of games, big games coming in 2021. And there's a few on this list that we've missed and have forgotten about. And I'm actually excited about a couple of them. Back for Blood, which is the like um, yeah. spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, which that's is coming in June. In June. So that's the first six months. So that's coming. Yeah. I'm excited to play that with you and play on Usually the stream with a bunch of community people. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm excited to finally play the Mass Effect trilogy. Three in 4k um and then i mean halo infinite maybe because i did enjoy halo but it's kind of like eh.
0: i like, want terrible this game to catch that? me you know like if it comes out and it really is awesome uh i would love to love halo again
1: yeah oh open roads remember that um narrative yes. adventure from gone home uh that looked really another good another one
0: but, for me is uh disco elysium
1: Oh, yes, Disco Elysium finally coming to Switch, which would be great. Really excited about that. Um, Full voice acting and, and everything, too. And I guess that's that's it for me. I mean, yeah. I, 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 there's nothing, though, that really stands out of, oh, my God. Like, say, for example, tomorrow, Bethesda announced like a true, proper far cry game or finally we got to see starfield or something like that that i would be super super excited about and have been like high mean for fallout and... not far cry right yeah sorry fallout but then like also like uh, starfield or elder Scrolls 6 or something yeah. like that that are franchises i love that we we get a new game for i would be
0: very very excited for that see i i think we'll probably get some of that stuff yet like I don't, I don't think this is close to the full list of games that we can look forward to this year. Um, Agreed, I, and, and I think we know there's a Bethesda game coming. I'm
1: fairly sure that that like Phil Spencer has like alluded to the fact that something's coming from bigs coming from Bethesda this year. I think you're right because um, he was like, I know what their lineup is. That's why we bought them. Essentially, I
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it's Starfield, honestly. Um, Getting announced and then out in like six months, like Fallout was. I, that. Yeah, that crazy They did that with Fallout Four, Fallout Seventy Six.
1: Yeah, and they seem to do it with a bunch of their games, like even the Machine Games um, games. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of their War. thing
0: now. Yeah, um, but then you look at um, what they did with uh, Arcane's game that we were just talking about. That were definitely, but first.
1: that was again Deathly. was meant to be released in March. They announced it at the PS Five reveal, so that again was around about six month time period.
0: Right. And it got delayed, so that that does kind of, you know, it's a little different. Um, but, I, but I think for me, even without, like, adding anything to this list, if you just are talking about the games that are currently announced, like, if they all come out, I think it's an extremely strong year. Um, because yeah. I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited for Mass Effect and Disco Elysium, but I think in terms of other games on this list, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, that's, like, probably number one. Um, I love Horizon. Can't wait for a sequel and see what they're able to really, do with what I really,
1: learned. really think that's 2022. I just don't, I don't think it's 21.
0: I don't. I think God of War is going to get delayed. I don't think Horizon is. Horizon came out in 2017. That's... Fair, fair point. And all we've, that's seen four years God a War,
1: all we've seen for God of War is a logo, whereas we actually saw some footage of yeah.
0: Horizon. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that Ratchet and Clank is going to come out in a few months uh, and be like the part first half of the year game and horizon will be the second half of the year game that's my guess right now um but again ratchet and clank another game i'm very excited for um it looks great from what we've seen and you know the the premise is really interesting i'm really excited to see how it's going to take advantage of the technology to be able to use the like the warps and everything i think that game's going to be really cool um so that's another game i'm really looking i'm sorry
1: Yeah, me too. I think that's one of the reasons I'm most excited about Ratchet & Clank, was it seemed to be, of the games that were announced, one of the ones that really showcased what next-gen can do with the speed of the SSD. Whereas some of the games that we've seen already, like Hitman 3, for example, yeah, it runs at 60 frames a second 4K. Great, but it doesn't really push the boundaries, which I think is what Russian clients gonna do. And and Medium is a, a game that's coming out next month that I've already yes. like pre-downloaded that also kind of pushes those boundaries where it renders two scenes in in one go. That's the same scene, but like. In a different time period, which I think is cool, and I'd love to see Arcane do something like that with um, oh, God, Dishonored yeah. again because they did they they kind of did that where you could time shift between the two in um, I, I can't remember the name of the of the Dishonored game it was the the kind of smaller one um, um,
0: Death of the Outsider
1: yes where you could like shift between the two uh, two like planes of existence and imagine mm. if they could do that but you could like see them both at the same time or it was like super fast they could do a bunch of stuff with that which would be really sure. cool.
0: They're they're just so good at level design, like anything like that. Like The possibilities that are opened up with this technology are so exciting in their hands. Um, But yeah, then also Far Cry 6, we called out. Uh, We're both big Far Cry fans. I I think Far Cry 5 um, under-delivered for me a little bit. Really? Gameplay-wise, I I enjoyed it, but I did not really care for the story. Obviously, the games have never really been about the story, um, but I thought the whole, like, religious cult montana yeah. thing like um it just didn't it didn't land for me as well uh it's funny because i think one of the things about it was that like being able to suspend my disbelief at the time seemed hard but now in 2021 i'm like no this could happen this could definitely <laughs>
1: happen um <laughs> no so i that, really i i quite i quite liked the story i thought it was uh was it was an i feel like it really jumped from-
0: the shark at the end
1: Oh, yeah, big time. But I I love that it's from the studio that says they're not political, constantly says we're not political,
0: and then they always put shit like that out. It's hilarious. One of the most overtly political games that I've played in the last couple (laughs) of years. Um, But, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Far Cry 6. Um, It looks like a little bit more uh, similar to 3 or 4 in terms of kind of vibe. Uh, Like, the cover looks very kind of, like, similar to what we you know, what we saw in those games. Yes. Plus um, I love,
1: uh, I think, uh, I can't really pronounce his name, but Giancarlo Esposito, I think is how you pronounce it. I believe that's the guy correct. that plays, yeah. uh, Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. He yeah. is an incredible
0: villain. And I really, really cannot really wait to see exciting. how he plays that role. Yeah. That, that should be fun. Um, and, and I think the, the reality for me is that like, even if the story is garbage, like I play far cry because I love the gameplay. Like I yeah, don't think there's too. a first-person shooter that feels better than Far Cry, um, so I'm I'm excited for that for sure. Uh, and then if God of War does make it, I'm excited about that as well. Um, but then there's also uh, Gotham Knights. I'm really looking forward to that. Is the you know the first like Batman game in quite some time since Arkham Knight, uh, which I didn't superhero care for. Games.
1: Did you play Marvel's Avengers? No. Like what happened with that game? It like came and went, and nobody seemed to play it.
0: I mean, it really has struggled. Like, it, I know its player base was was down. Um, and by all accounts, the story stuff is pretty good, but it's very short. And then, like, the actual, like, post-game gameplay loop point of the game stuff is, like, there's just not that much to do. Um, so people kind of bounced off of it pretty quickly. Uh, we'll see how it does when it comes to next-gen, though. <laughs> I think that's going to be its chance to, you know, I don't know, dust itself off and show that it's got something yeah. yeah worth engaging with I'm um, sure i'd am sure like to play the story
1: well yeah i mean spider-man will still be locked underneath the uh in the sony castle unfortunately
0: yeah that's whatever i'll just play it on playstation um anyway uh there are other games on this list that i'm interested in but those are kind of like the ones that are i think the the big standouts for me and i i think that that's like a pretty solid list personally yeah
1: and, and until we see Nintendo's lineup, I think that's the big caveat for me, is they always hold their cards close to their chest. You rarely ever see anything until it is six months b- until release. The exception, I think, has been Metroid Prime 4 and um, uh, Bayonetta. And those sure. two have been, like, a mess. So <laughs> I think they've learned their lesson there. Uh,
0: so to take it back to what we're playing. Uh, wow, is that where we were? <laughs> yeah, that's where we were. Uh, the the last thing that I was playing this week, because, uh, again, I'm kind of in between games. I'm looking forward to uh, Mario and Persona. Um, I decided to jump into Sunset Overdrive uh, oh, on Game Pass. Okay. So, um, of course, Sunset Overdrive uh, from Insomniac, it was the one Xbox exclusive game that they made uh, before they were kind of back in, in bed with Sony. Um and it's okay. It it's it's interesting. Like it it's got a cool aesthetic for the most part. Like yeah. the soundtrack is like all is all pretty much like punk or like like kind of like SoCal like surf rock. You know that it's it's got a good soundtrack, and I I like um some of the visuals. But like the the world and its story is like very 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 goofy. Uh yeah, and not to I the point that's where like the point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like a turn off or anything, but it's like it's so goofy and zany that like I don't really feel like I'm like connecting to anything. And like the gameplay and everything is like fun. It's fun enough, but like I don't know, it's just it's not it hasn't quite gotten its hooks in me. Like I think I'd like to play it a little bit more and see if it does, but like I don't know. It's it's fine. You know, the thing that's I think really funny about it is uh Yuri Lowenthal who is the voice of Spider-Man in uh in in the the new Spider-Man series from them is the voice of the main char- the male main character anyway. <laughs> okay, so and, it feels like you're playing the Spider-Man. <laughs> and he curses a lot and it's really funny. <laughs> Cuz it's just like, "Whoa, Spider-Man dropping F bombs." Like uh and the gameplay you can definitely see the lineage of Spider-Man like some of the way that you move feels kind of like Spidey. You see um,
1: I think the movement and the way you navigate that world to me feels so much like uh, Jet Set Radio. So in, much
0: in uh, Sunset Overdrive. Yes. So yeah, in yeah. in Sunset Definitely. Overdrive
1: like you're grinding on the uh the rails, you're doing like yep. the tricks when you jump off of them and stuff. It really feels like that's where they were heavily inspired from. Definitely. Either that or or like a Tony Hawk style game. Even
0: the like, the attitude and, like, the vibe and everything, like, has kind of a Jet Set radio kind of thing yeah. to it. Um, yeah, so, like, it's definitely not, like, I'm not down on it. I think if I had played it when it came out, I probably would have would have been even higher, you know, I would have been higher on it. Um, but I think, like, playing this, like, post-Spider-Man, like, the movement feels a little limited. You know, because, like, I feel like every time I get in a fight, it's just, like, find a thing you can grind around in a circle on while you shoot people. And, you know, uh, like.
1: Bear in mind, this is, like, eight years old.
0: Oh, yeah. It's an older game. Um, but, it's so, but, you know, that only, like, takes you so far. Right? Yeah. Like, there are things about it being an old game where it would be like, oh, like if the camera was wonky or something like that. But it's just, like, I just don't think the gameplay loop is really there. For me, like... That's where I I,
1: uh, fell off. It was like, I felt like I was doing the same thing too repetitively. And I was like, I don't really want to just defend bases constantly over and over again. Right.
0: And again, it's like, because I don't really care about the world or the story or anything. It's just kind of like, I'm just doing it to get more guns and be more efficient at doing this gameplay thing that I'm not that invested in.
1: Yeah. and I think if this, though, was an online multiplayer game where you teamed up as a squad and you defended bases, and then like maybe the people stuff. coming... Yeah, like, either wave clearing, whereas a horde mode, or there's other another side or another team coming at you to take over the base, and you're one I side's agree. defending it, and one side is essentially playing the, the monsters or the zombies or whatever they
0: are coming towards you, then I think, I think that would be a compelling game. Yeah, I agree. I think Because I think why it's not working for me is, like, the single-player element, you know... I don't really care that much about the world or the story, so like there's nothing to like pull me forward through it. And I've already had a few missions come up where it's like uh go here and do a thing, like scale this building and get up to the top and get a thing. And it's like I I feel like I've already encountered a few missions where it feels like it doesn't know what to give like what it it doesn't know what to have me do. Like it cre- it's like oh the conceit of this game is the weird mutants and the powers and the you know you you grind and it's like that it's like okay cool now what and it's like oh right we need things for you to do and it just it just doesn't i don't know it doesn't feel as like natural you know like when i when i look at like um the design for for spider-man right like everything that you do you're rewarded with a story beat that pushes you forward and drives you forward in a narrative that you're interested in and all the side stuff F- feels contextualized and makes sense because it's like shit that Spider-Man would have to do and doing it rewards you with character progression, right? So it's like the machine just works so much better whereas for but this is it's like, okay, I could do these Spider-Man. side missions and I could get more weapons but like all I'm doing is the same thing anyway. Yeah. But is that because it's Spider-Man? That's the reason you care about it? Well, that helps, right? Like I'm a Spider-Man fan, but like for me it's also like, you know... It's the same reason that, like, Mass Effect works for me, right? Where, like, I didn't... I wasn't a Mass Effect fan before I played Mass Effect, right? So, like, my attachment or nostalgia or whatever for Spider-Man removed, I think that that game works better because it, like... It it has a gameplay loop that's satisfying, right? Because the movement in Spider-Man feels good. And the movement in this, for me, feels, like, almost there, but not quite. And the side quests are, like, they don't feel random, right? Like, if you're playing an open-world Spider-Man game and all of a sudden there's a shootout in the street, you're like, well, I'm Spider-Man. I should probably go intervene here, right? And then you get points that allow you to get more costumes and upgrade your character and give you that natural sense of, like, character progression that you want out of, like, a light RPG, right? Um, And then on top of that, you're also moving forward a narrative that I'm interested in. And granted, yeah, I'm a Spider-Man fan, so I think that 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 appeals to me, but I also think that this game is good if you don't care about Spider-Man um, because it tells a good a good enough story to get you invested in its characters and its world, right? And to me, it's like when I play like a Mass Effect, right? Like that was what I liked about that game was that I got invested in the world and that every time I was playing a main story mission or even like a side mission that felt like significant, um, the reward for doing it was getting fed, drip you know getting drip fed the story and and bits of the world and getting more of it kind of delivered to me at my own pace but also i'm advancing my character and and getting stronger and and improving and being able to do the things that i like doing gameplay wise better each time right because i'm getting more powers or i'm getting more powerful but like for me because i don't care about the world or it's or it's characters or its story or anything and i'm not that into the gameplay loop it's kind of like so what's what's here for me really you know like I could keep playing and I'm sure I'd have a fine enough time, but like, if I never touch it again, I kind of feel like I got it and I don't yeah. feel like I'm missing anything at this point, right? Because the loop is the loop and I don't love the loop and I don't care about any any other element of it, really. It's stylish, but that's kind of it.
1: No, I think that's fair. Um, I think that's pretty much what my take was, was on it. I enjoyed what I played, but it wasn't like I felt like I really, really needed to finish the game. Um, and again, I didn't really connect with any of the characters, but I, I do like the game. And I think if you're looking for something to play and it's on game pass and you have game pass, then and it's, it's worth checking out.
0: Like, I think I'm, I think I got a third of the way through it in like a night. It's only like 12 hours or something like that. So it's not, it's yeah. not anything crazy. Um, I think I'll probably play it a little bit more and see if it has anything else to offer me. But I also feel like, feel like I've kind of seen what it has to say. Um, and it's okay. So, that's it for me. 40 minutes into the... <laughs> 50 minutes into the show almost. I cannot. Uh, Steve, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> so, I
1: finished up... Last weekend was the Splatoon 2 Splatfest. Um, and so, we, I finished playing that. I picked Mushroom. We ended up winning. I was very, very happy about Shout that. Shout
0: out to that. That was the team I wanted to support. I did not support them, though.
1: Well, they, they won. Um, we, did, we did a great job uh so so that was a blast i'm fully in on splatoon now uh, I'm uh, it's just the kind of game where i'm just playing a little bit every night which is which is great as like macaulay's watching tv or you know there's a bit of downtime before dinner i'll jump i want to talk splatoon. to you about this
0: okay how do you play it when macaulay's watching tv do you just play it in handheld mode yeah because that's been my thing is i've i've had multiple times this last week or so where i've been like i really want to play Splatoon. Um, but I feel like I, I need to play it on TV. No, you don't. Handheld's
1: great, and I kind of feel like I could get into Gyro a lot more on handheld because it feels like I'm more connected to the screen. You know, well I am th- like physically connected yeah, to the screen, and so like moving it up would make a lot more sense to me than moving a controller up and then halfway across the room, like something moves on the TV. So I, I might try with Gyro on it. But I had like a a round the other night and I must have played like five rounds, didn't win a single one. And I was getting so fucking mad with the game. Like it it kept putting me with like ridiculously overly powered players. I got bundled with a whole team and they were all the same because they had similar names. It was like APT underscore something and they were all like part of like this this clan squad. Yeah. And they were all like level 140 plus. And, like, I'm level 50. It was ridiculous. Like, one of them got, I think, they all got, like, 15 splats each. It was impossible to play with them. And I backed out of the game. I went to start a new session. It put me back in with them. And I was like, fuck this. I rage oh quit. God. I was like, no, there's no fucking way I'm playing with them. They are too, too good <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to ridiculous. play with me. I was in the matchmaking in that game. It's just so fucking
0: broken at times. Nintendo really needs to figure out matchmaking, man. It's like... It is 2021. Like fucking, get it together, guys. You know, come on. So I hope, I hope uh, they fix it in in. I, so maybe three. I'll try to play it in handheld mode this week and see if I can do that.
1: I mean, try handheld, or you can always like put the kickstand up, put it on something. I was thinking about putting it in the
0: kickstand and just grabbing the pro controller and like doing it that way.
1: Yeah, the sticks on the pro controller do feel <sighs> like you've got way more control than on, I just. Like, the I sticks feel like Joy-Con. I
0: really want to be one of those like couples. Uh, that has two TVs in their living room. But I know that I don't have space for it, and I know Sarah won't let me do it.
1: Now, McCauley's mom suggested that to us, because like we both wanted to play video games, and she was like, why don't you just take up like, a second TV in your living room? And I was like, no, I don't want that. I was like, we've got a second TV upstairs if I want to go play games while McCall is doing but, like, it. But you can't be together. Like, I know, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you watch, Even if you're just chilling in the same room, it feels like you're doing something together, like yeah. you're connected together, which is... Um,
0: yeah, like uh Greg Miller from Kind of Funny talks about how he'll do that with with his wife Jen. But um my favorite example of it is uh if you're familiar with um Brittany Bromrocker, uh blonde nerd yeah, on Twitter. She just did
1: the uh the Resident, the Resident Evil, Evil thing.
0: thing. Yeah, yeah, she ho- I forgot about that. Yeah, she hosted the Resident Evil Eight thing. Um I'm familiar with her because of she's on What's Good Games, uh great podcast about gaming. Um she uh she and her husband Um, have a house and like they, I think they, I think it's in their basement. They have like their gaming space and they have like his and hers, like a TV and gaming chair. And it's like, they each have their own with like their own little like end table and they could like sit next to each other and like hold hands if they wanted to, but like they can both sit there with their headsets and play whatever they're playing. I quite like that. That is quite cool. I feel like that's awesome. Right? Like that's, that's cool. Maybe when
1: I own a house that has like a dedicated room, that's just for like, we go here to play video games and the main living area is to just chill and watch TV or watch a movie. Yeah. But like when we want to go play games, we go to this other room.
0: The game maybe. space.
1: Because <laughs> I, I would love that at some point, but my house just doesn't have capacity for it. I mean, the closest room I've got is this one, but you know, we've got two desks in here if we both need to do something. It just doesn't really have the room for it uh, as much as I would love something like that.
0: I've, I've thought about setting something like that up down here uh, now that I have the wall mounted TV as like my third screen, like I just bought, um, we talked about this on after dark where I got like those new Calyx and I did some work down here. I have yeah. a space here now that like I can put stuff on underneath the TV and like once my music stuff is out of here and it's over at Mike's place, I'm going to get a couch down here so that I can like be a little bit more re- relaxational so that like Sarah could like be sitting in here playing a game on that TV and I could like be on my PC or whatever. Um, yeah i mean i think think that that. would incentivize me to play on my pc more
1: (laughs) yeah i mean macaulay is like constantly playing like um truck sim or house flipper or something on the on the computer and i'll be playing something on the tv up here or just sitting on the sofa chilling with the cat or whatever it's it's nice it is nice having a having a sofa up here as well
0: yeah i'm trying to get more comfortable playing on my laptop too like doing stuff on that because i can take that upstairs
1: so. I just don't see why you would. Like, why wouldn't you just play then on Switch or on Xbox?
0: Uh, Well, because I can have something on TV while I'm on my laptop.
1: Yeah, you can. I mean, have you tried, like, the Xbox streaming thing? Like, if you've got a PC, like, laptop, you can download the Xbox app. Stream and stuff could... to my
0: PC, that's yeah. true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I haven't tried streaming stuff to my laptop.
1: Might be worth trying. Because I've tried yeah. it on my phone, and it seems to work all right when I'm in the house. I probably wouldn't even really need to. Like, My laptop's pretty strong. Yeah, but it's like if you were in the middle of like playing Sunset or Overdrive or whatever on your yeah. Xbox, and you wanted to play on your PC.
0: What I want to do is stream Splatoon to my PC screen <laughs> <laughs> so that I can play it on a better on a monitor. <laughs> that I don't
1: think is possible. Actually, yeah, so, it would be possible. You'd have to get like a capture card with like zero latency. But yeah, you could. A lot. It would be a lot of work. Yeah, I feel like there's a cheaper workaround somewhere. Yeah, buy a cheap, like, 20-inch TV if you really wanted to just I have one. one. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so uh, aside from Splatoon, what else have you been playing? So I was excited about Hitman 3,
1: but I realized I hadn't really played much Hitman 2. So I ended up picking up Hitman 2 for, like, 15 quid on <coughs> CD keys, which uh, I've really been enjoying. It's not actually on Game Pass, which I said last week it was. They either was there and it got removed or it was just the first one that was there. I, I don't know. I'm fairly sure it was there at some point. I rem- I'm sure I remember seeing Hitman on Game I, At Mark.
0: least the first one was. I don't know about two. but
1: Yeah, so they, they've removed them since number three has been released. So I, I picked up number two and I've been playing through that. And they are an absolute blast. I could give two shits about the story. Uh, but the levels are so, so well designed and so fun. And they're so different in number two. Like you go from... Doing a Formula One race to go into the middle of Colombia, to go into the oh, suburbs cool. in America, and they're like every single level's different. Like, I was pretending to be a garbage man in the suburbs on the last mission, and then like put on uh, a suit to run a, a cupcake stand and, and poison some <laughs> cupcake and kill some guy. Like, those levels are so well designed, and the the little story tidbits you can get in the levels to, to kind of tell you how to kill someone is so fun. Um, so I'm going to continue, finish Hitman 2, and I think I probably will end up buying Hitman 3 at some point. Uh, but I'm going to play the hell out of these levels. I want to go back, I want to do more of the story uh, elements in each of the levels uh and like kill people differently and get my star rating up like if you accidentally kill I like, make kill someone and make it look like an accident you get bare xp and things like that so I want to do a lot more of the challenges um, and they've also added a sniper mode in this game which is really fun you're just miles away with a sniper you got to kill like four people you can shoot through walls with certain bullets but you've only got like five of each bullet so you have to like not not fuck up and, and just get it right every time. And if that you kill someone cool. and someone notices, they'll like lock down all the other people and you've got like 20 seconds to, to kill everyone. So the idea is you're meant to kill them when they're in like a, a quiet area, which is fun. Um, so that's that's been good. And I also played a bunch of uh, two small games which are on Game Pass, but they're also on Switch. And I'm thinking of picking both of them up on Switch. Uh, the first one is a game called Carto, which is this cute little game where you're on an aeroplane with your grandmother and, like, she teaches you that you can adapt the map and modify the map, but then the map kind of goes missing and you end up being stranded on this island. Uh, And all you can see is, like, two parts of the map and you have to go around and you have to pick up these pieces of the map. And then on the map screen, you can, like, rearrange the island to... Reach new areas and like adjust the the squares of the map that you pick up and solve puzzles related to it. So you will like meet someone and he's like, "Oh, can you help me get home? I live east of the uh, the big river." And you have to like rearrange the map so you can move him to like east of the big river, and then his house appears. And like the maps are all totally modifiable. It's a really really interesting puzzle game um, with like a cute story around it and a really uh, cool world that's seemingly evolving. And I've just got on the boat to go to different islands, um, so I'm enjoying that. And then I'm playing a game called uh, Wilmot's Warehouse. I don't know if you've seen this at all. That doesn't sound familiar now. So you, you're like this little white square... Uh, and you work in this warehouse and delivery comes in of a bunch of other different squares with random objects and items on. They might be like different colours, you know, they might be, like, things that are related to sewing or things related to electronics. And you have to put them in, you can put them anywhere in the warehouse, organise it how you want. And then a service hatch opens and people will come to you and they will request these items and you move around the warehouse and you have to remember where you've put them because unless you're really close to it, you can't see what the item is. There's like a level of visibility. Uh, It's really, really stylish. Uh, It's like entirely black and white apart from the coloured squares. And you go and you collect them and you take them up and there's like a really fun loop of you get a delivery, you arrange it, you get go to the service hatch, you do it as quick as you can, you gain stars, you can spend those stars to level up things so you can at the beginning you can only carry six items, you can't rotate. I've just unlocked the ability to rotate, the ability to um uh carry eight items mccall is obsessed with this game they played like it for two hours straight yesterday they ended up wow. buying it on switch because they loved it so much on game pass that they wanted to play it on switch so they could just like lie down on the sofa and play it uh it's a really 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 fun game um so i'm gonna continue playing a lot more of that i think i will probably end up buying it on switch so i can just like play it in bed at night um because it kind of feels like a game that would be on switch sure uh, and then me and me, dad, and uh, mum, and Macaulay yesterday like, uh, launched up like a FaceTime call. We installed uh, Man of Medan, which is one of the, um, I can't remember the name Dark of them, the Dark Pictures anthology. Uh, and we played through Man of Medan. Um, So, we've played about half of the game so far. And oh my God, I can't believe how good the multiplayer works in that. So, in the beginning, the person that sets the game up, you like pick which character you want to start as. So you'll start as either Charlie or Joe, and then that defines who you play throughout the game. And you have no idea what the other person's doing. So, like, my dad ended up shooting me as one of the characters, and I was, like, really pissed off at him because he didn't know that I was, like, hiding in a cupboard, and he ended up killing me. Uh, yeah. And you don't know, it's, it's like, really cool. what they're doing.
0: It's um- so when I played it, I played it with Sarah and we were in the same room. So, like, obviously, I could see everything that she was doing. It's cool how it adapts based on the way that you're playing. Like, if you're playing with people remotely, you won't see any of their scenes or their actions. And, like, you kind of end up working against each other sometimes like that, which is it's really neat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was that was really fun. Uh, and Dad got Little Hope for Christmas from my sister. So I think I'm probably going to end up buying that because it's, like, it's down to, like, 10 quid. Uh, yeah, and I think we'll I probably it, end like, up playing through that.
0: Twelve bucks or something like. That. Yeah,
1: it's so cheap at the moment. Um, and they're really, really fun to just play with people who aren't really into video games. Like, mum can't Definitely. do the controls, but she's there, like, telling dad what choices to make. So he like, mm-hmm. he's like oh, I'm anxious or, you know, I, I want to be assertive or whatever. And, and mum's, like, playing one of the characters, but just through dad, like, handling the controls because she's not used to a controller. And they're really great games to play with family members who aren't necessarily into into video games like that. I just wish you could play with these with more than two people because it would have been great to loop my brother and my sister in and have like a bit of a family games night where we could all play the game rather than it just being two households because obviously we're all mm-hmm. in lockdown in the UK so we can't visit each other. Um, right. But, you know, I might end up playing this game with my brother anyway because it's on Game Pass. He's he's just got a new Xbox. So I think I might... Um, say download it and i'll play the other side of the story because i have no idea what dad was doing like he stayed on the boat when we went diving um so like there was a whole different side of the story and some people got on he ended up starting a fire i have no idea what happened so it'd be good to get that other side of the story that like playing with my brother or even if i play again with dad just to find out what the other half was uh and to try and save everyone rather than him killing me um, but yeah, Man of Medan, I highly recommend it if you haven't played it and you've got Game Pass. It's it's on there and it's if you want to play something with a friend remotely or even in the same room is really, really good.
0: Yeah, I um I I enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't love it. Um I still don't think that um supermassive, right?
1: Yeah, supermassive games.
0: Yeah. Uh I, I still don't think supermassive is quite um lived up to the standard that they themselves set with Until Dawn. Yeah. Um because I you know I think I think everybody who went into Man, uh, not Man and Madon Dark Pictures with excitement was kind of like oh they're going to just make an Until Dawn like every year like that sounds amazing. Um and it feels like they still quite uh haven't been able to get out of their own shadow. Which is disappointing um, because I did have fun with Man of I think it's worth picking up, but I also feel like it's like not it's not quite there yet. And I I hope that they get it together a little bit on these because I I think it's such a promising formula, and I want to see them put out an Until Dawn quality game like every yeah. couple of years. Have you know? have you played
1: Little Hope yet?
0: I bought it. I haven't played it yet.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Because I think I think that one was a little bit more well received. It's it's set in like the Victorian era, kind of story that goes back. Yeah, Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that after. I'm definitely gonna play it after because Macaulay loved it. Has never played a game like this before. Um, And then after this, I think I might just boot the PS4 up just to play until dawn. Then yeah. Because I loved yeah. Until Dawn. It was really great. And I've forgotten a lot of the story now. And I know there's multiple different endings and different routes you can take through uh, through the game. And so I'm sure me and Macaulay would uh, would do something a lot different. Uh, yeah. But one thing I was thinking of doing with that is just like streaming it on Twitch or something. Or even just over Discord and getting Dad to watch it. And we can kind of make the decisions together. But still... like because i know there's no multiplayer aspect to that one um but still be able to play the game together which would be good that's
0: that's how uh i think a lot of people played it i think that's why they invented that system is like i know um the, the first time i ever played it uh my best friend came over and just watched me play it because he had actually played it with sarah and another friend of ours earlier where they were like switching off depending on what character was in play obviously that's how it is now Um, And then the second time that I played it, I played it with um, with my friend Thompson for Let's Play series and we were trading off depending on which characters were in play. So it's like, you know, it's pretty easy to do that. Um, Obviously not if you're not in the same place, but you and Macaulay could easily do that and then just kind of loop your dad in. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: that's how we I think that's how we we kind of were playing. Uh, man of madame which was like whenever because me and macaulay only had one controller between the two of us because you can only play two players online but whenever it was like alex i would pick the controller up or whenever it was julia macaulay would play that character uh and with the multiplayer you do get to play every single character it's not just like when you play the shared the movie night mode which is you're all in the same room you kind of pick your characters at the beginning and you all play those specific characters With the shared story mode, it splits it really, really smartly. Um, So it is, you know, Comrade and Fliss will stay on the boat while Julia and Alex go uh, diving. And you either play one half or the other. But then after that, you kind of switch and you get to play Comrade and and get to know his character a little bit. So you do get to Mm -hmm. experience and know every single person. And obviously your choices do affect what happens with every single uh, element of the story. And Macaulay didn't hit the um, the quick time event button, the X button to avoid like get, uh, Julia getting her leg cut. And then later on in the story, she ended up getting like a frying pan hit in her face. So she's got like <laughs> a constant she's got like a plaster on her leg from where she got cut and her face is like proper bruised. And it it carries that through the whole game. It's not right. just like one element that it then forgets and just moves on with the story. It genuinely affects what happens in the rest of the story, which I really, really like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, they have so much promise there. I, I really love that studio, and I root for them, um, and I really want to see them knock it out of the park with one of these games. Uh, but I'm glad you're having fun with it. I think I think they really are worth your time, especially if you can get them on sale, which they are always on sale now, so pick, up, pick one up. Uh, all right, so let's jump into the news. We've got a few pieces here as well as a main topic, so we're going to just shoot through a couple of these. Um, yeah we're gonna have to blitz looking at the time on the the clock yeah i love how jumping in you're like kind of a slow week hard to put it together and we knew it's like it's your thought i didn't know you were gonna go on about like pokemon for six hours or whatever you did you didn't know that i was gonna go on about pokemon for six hours you're a damn fool then come on all right so uh first piece of news this week um cyberpunk 2077 has dropped uh their big patch 1.1 um you know the one that they promised would be coming in january uh to work on a bunch of stability bug fixes all that kind of stuff um you can check out uh the whole patch notes there's quite a few things that are changed um but of course As has been the case with Cyberpunk 2077, every update comes with just a little bit of a, you know, stepping on a rake, getting hit in the face, that kind of thing. Uh, There is a game-breaking bug that has apparently been added with this patch Um, in the Stadium Love side quest. So if you guys are still playing Cyberpunk right now or you're picking it up um before the next patch goes live with a fix i imagine uh watch out for the stadium love side quest you'll be unable to pull out your weapon or engage in combat uh locking you out of progression from the uh the side quest of course uh worth pointing out this bug did or i'm sorry this patch did address a number of similar game breaking bugs that wouldn't allow you to complete quests or you know would hamper your completion of uh like certain side quests or the ability to pop certain trophies, stuff like that. Um, And many of those seem to have been addressed uh, with this patch. So I have to imagine a fix for this will be coming soon. Um, It's more just like kind of a PSA for you. If you're in the middle of playing right now, maybe just avoid this one, but also kind of just like a, of course this happened, right? Like, of (laughs) course, of course they found another way to, to step on the rake. And it's like, it's like almost a shame at this point. It's just like, oh my God, I feel bad. I just feel bad for these people. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I'm happy with the
1: direction they're going. Like, you look at those release notes, and it's just like a whole plethora of stuff that they fix. PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 crashes have been fixed. On PS4 Pro and PlayStation 5, like, they've bumped up the crowd. Uh, density to match the level that's on Xbox 1X and Xbox Series X. So there's a whole th- a bunch of things they've done uh and it feels like we we're, we're possibly on the right path to fixing the game and I stand by what I said before when they announced the delay they should have just said fuck it we're not releasing this in 2020 and pushed it to like April. And I think by April we're probably going to be in a place where we're ready for them to start releasing DLC because the game will be at a point where it's playable and fixed to the level where you can play it. I don't think they're ever going to um, get to the point where it's fully playable on base last gen consoles. I think the frame rate issues are inevitable. That like consoles CPU choked, and I just don't think that they can they can do it.
0: Yeah, um, only so and that sucks. You can only uh, squeeze so much blood out of that stone, right? I'm sure it'll get better, but, you know, probably not. Better, better. So anyway, keep an eye out for that one. If you're still playing Stadium Love Side Quest, uh, avoid it for now. Okay, uh, so this one, uh, I'll kick to you, Steve. Platinum Games uh, f- notorious four website, uh, with the four big announcements that they have, you know, one of which was the wonderful one on one thing, you know, like it's kind of one been of an them, ongoing which was story.
1: Just a fucking April Fool's joke.
0: Yeah. Um, they've added a fifth thing where it just says five coming soon. Um, Which is funny because the website is still (laughs) 4.platinumgames.com. Great job at counting everybody over there. Um, But you wanted to include this because it could very much fuck up one of your predictions made for 2021. You know, for those who don't know, fill them in on what your prediction was and how this might impact it. Yes, so
1: I predicted one of the predictions we did, which you haven't, if you haven't listened to it, it was uh, the first episode of 2021. We did our uh, inaugural predictions episode for the year. Go back, have a listen. Um, But one of my predictions was we would hear nothing more about Bayonetta 3 and it would continue to be like radio silence. And this kind of makes me a little bit apprehensive that we've got this five coming soon that we may yeah. actually see something uh, related to Bayonetta 3, especially as it's the, the kind of big game that we know they've been working on. Um, so I think that may be a fail there for me, which would be very, very upsetting. But also a fail for you, because that's another third-party game that's coming to Switch. Uh, so that that tallies yeah. against you. So it's kind it, of a bittersweet for me. It could hurt us
0: both. Yeah, it could It could be a wash for both of us. Uh, I, I think... <laughs> I think it's probably likely that it is Bayonetta, because I have a hard time thinking that it's something else again, unless this game just isn't coming out. What?
1: Maybe like Astral Chain DLC or something.
0: Maybe two years later. Uh, maybe though? this
1: is just me being hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going, going back. I'm going to read my exact prediction that I I came up with to see if it was related to. Let's see if it was related to like the release of the game, or if I was like you said. I think what you said was that we wouldn't hear about Bayonetta again. So I said we still won't hear anymore about
0: Bayonetta three. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm screwed. This could very this much be Yeah. <laughs> Whereas for me, this would only be like the second major third party game, so I'm still pretty good. Also, hey, Hitman
1: three came out this week. I think I, I can.
0: I said second. That would be the second one. It would be that this and Hitman. Also, worth pointing out, Nintendo publishes this game. Is it technically a third-party game? I don't know. Yes, it's a third-party game. She, she's got it's an being Evo. announced
1: by Platinum. It's not being announced by Nintendo. But which, then again, or that makes me think, maybe this isn't it. Because wouldn't they do a Nintendo Direct rather than just putting like five on their Platinum Nintendo games Nintendo Directs website? don't exist
0: anymore, remember? I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's going to be... I'm sure we'll have more information soon. Uh, so, okay. Last, oh, uh,
1: oh, at the top, it's like flickering and it says bonus stage. Click on it. What I happened? can't click it. It like just flickers every now and again. It says bonus right. stage and there's like XX.XX.2021. Dot dot so I don't think it is. I think, it's like, I think it's like DLC or something for Wonderful 101.
0: All right. Anyway. 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 Uh, so jumping into our last uh news story this week before we get into the main topic, uh, Vicarious Visions has been merged into Blizzard. Um, so Vicarious Visions, uh, best known the last few years as uh, the team behind the Insane Trilogy, uh, of course the uh, remaster remakes from the ground up of the original three Crash Bandicoot games, uh, single handedly revived the franchise we got Crash for this year uh wouldn't have happened without him uh and then in 2020 we had of course uh the tony hawks pro skater one and two uh release as well which uh was a record-breaking release uh the fastest selling game in the tony hawks franchise a million copies in one week and it was the best-selling game in the franchise since tony hawks underground which many people agree was the last good one um so obviously, Vicarious Visions making making a lot of headlines the last couple of years here, uh, and then now, unfortunately, they have been fully absorbed uh, by Blizzard Entertainment. So their team of 200 people are going to be fully dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives moving forward, uh, and they also um, it, it was it was specified. Uh, spec- excuse me, specifically pointed out there that uh, they will no longer lead projects, that they will exclusively be uh, a support team now, or the the members of this team will be supporting on other projects now. Um, So this this got a lot of attention. Uh, Obviously, you know, um, I think a surprise to a lot of people. Vicarious Visions, a studio that has had Again a lot of very recent success um, making a lot of money with these these remasters remakes and uh, kind of setting a standard I'd say in the industry right like the when we were cr- criticizing Nintendo uh, for the the Mario all-star collection, you that was the first j- comparison you drew right was that Activision is putting out these $40 collections from the ground up of these games. Um, at this incredible value, and like, how can Nintendo justify this? I mean, Vicarious Vision set that standard with the Insane Trilogy. They paved the way for the Spyro Remastered, um, reignited trilogy, and uh, Crash Four as well, both from Toys for Bob. And then, of course, they had a great hit with Tony Hawk as well last year. Um, so to see this, uh, you saw a lot of disappointment and a lot of surprise at this news, um. For me, I'm 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 frankly outraged. I like I have a lot to say about this, um, but uh, I'll I'll let let you get in here, Steve, because I know um, you have a bit of a dissenting opinion because of what's been talked about that they're working on next, as well as some other things. So why don't you speak your piece and then I'll rant and rave.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think it's worth saying that they've kind of been a, su- a support studio for some time. Like, since Skylanders, they worked on Destiny 2 as a support studio uh, for, for um, Bungie, for when Bungie was with Activision. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, most recently, after Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, according to Jason Schreier at uh, Bloomberg, they've been working with uh, Blizzard's Team 1, uh, which has now been disbanded in replacement of Vicarious like, Visions is going to take over. Uh, they have been working on diablo 2 recharged which is like a a, a remake of diablo 2 from the ground up i'm very very much looking forward to it if this is true and if it actually comes to fruition um but i mean i i don't hold out much hope the uh the warcraft 3 reforged remake that um they they did seemingly was a piece of garbage that no one um no one liked uh well that yeah, was diablo the, that II, was the
0: team that was disbanded
1: that's right, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, B- Blizzard took uh, the Diablo 2 remake off of Team One and put it onto the people that were working on uh, Diablo 4, uh, which is seemingly in a never ending development cycle. No idea when that actually is going to come out. Uh, and they got Vicarious Visions to assist with that uh having they also have apparently worked on that uh warcraft 3 remake as well as the starcraft 2 remake so they've got some experience with working with blizzard on on blizzard's games so it kind of does make sense that they would bring them in-house and and absorb them in i mean they are owned by activision and activision is seemingly putting a lot of their eggs into blizzard's basket lately uh, that seems to be kind of their showpiece they've, they're no longer working with bungie um and I guess it's really like Blizzard and Call of Duty. are they're, they're two huge titles alongside the stuff that Toys for Bob is doing. Um, but yeah, I am not as outraged of, about this as, as you are. It's gutting to see another development house being shut down. Uh, I, I think it's it's always good to have some level of autonomy and some creative vision that these these teams had. But it's not like it's not like we knew that they were working on something that had been canceled.
0: I don't think like, that matters. It? Like you look at, you look at what they did the last three years, right? Like from crash bandicoot and same trilogy and Tony Ox skater. Yeah. It doesn't matter whatever else it could have been. Like I, I, I frankly, I'm kind of surprised that you feel this way. Like I know that you have eggs in the Diablo two basket, but I think that this is like objectively bad news because like I, I I gotta say it like fuck Blizzard. Like I, I know that there's a huge contingency of of Blizzard fans, and see, that Blizzard see, I- has beloved IP. It's not about that, right? Like I, Vicarious Visions was an independent studio that had an independent voice and vision, and has existed for thirty years. Yeah, um, they like it can't be overstated to look at like what they did with, with the insane trilogy. And that, like that was, that was standard setting in this industry. Like there's now uh, this rush to imitate what they did with that collection and provide these amazing from the ground up, like such an amazing attention to detail in these remakes of these classic franchises that are, that were dead. Like crash bandicoot was fucking dead. IP. And now, you know, three years later, in 2020, we got a a Crash 4, which is the first good and, in some people's opinion, the best ever Crash Bandicoot game. Like, over a decade after—actually, a a while after a decade that it had been completely irrelevant. And now they brought that back and made that a best-selling franchise again. It broke sales records in the UK for weeks. It's still selling, and— it, it brought that franchise back from the grave. And, like, they've seemingly done the same thing with Tony Hawk, made it the best-selling entry in the franchise history, and it's, again, it's a fucking remake. And then now, like, great, Toys for Bob came out and they made Crash 4, right? So, like, Vicarious Visions gets to put in all the work to revitalize these franchises and pave the way, and then their reward is that their studio gets erased, um, see, so I don't that they see as the studios I erased. I see,
1: I, see my re- that's not my read on it. It's like I see it as similar to Campus Santo joining Valve. All of their games get cancelled. They kind of become a Valve studio. You know, they're working on the games they want to that's work not what on. The, that's not what this is. Whereas, though. whereas Vicarious Visions, the studio head is now the the head of development at Blizzard.
0: Yeah, like, but why this... is that?
1: How is it that different? That because they're it is, taking the it is development though. They're taking it's, the it's, development staff, they're bringing them into Blizzard, they're taking the studio head of Vicarious Visions and getting her to lead the, the development of Blizzard's games. It's, no, but it, it says, seems it to it me says like, in the
0: article that Vicarious Visions will not lead projects anymore. That they'll support Blizzard projects. That's not the same thing. The Campo yeah, Santo yeah, acquisition yeah, is like, the acquisition of Campo Santo. And granted, I think that sucks too, because these acquisitions are not good. Because guess what that means? It means less new IP. It means less diversity. It means Mm -hmm. you get another Blizzard game. Great. We don't need another Blizzard game. Diablo is not a dead IP. Diablo has a fourth game in development that will sell well. Diablo 3 is still popular. Diablo 2 does not need to be brought back from the grave. And it's a fucking waste of Vicarious Vision's talent to have them port Diablo 2. It is. A lesser studio could make a good Diablo 2 port. They're not going to change that game that much in the way that they're taking PS1 games and literally rebuilding them from the ground up. You know, like
1: but I think that's such... what they're doing with Diablo 2. Diablo 2. I don't think that's like what a, they're going to do a though. A PS2 era game, which is the same as like the but Tony it's a Hawks PC era. Game. It's going to look like a P- it's going to
0: look like Diablo 2 with better graphics. How much do you think they're really going to change?
1: I think they're going to change quite a lot.
0: Maybe but I don't know. I I think the like, the Diablo confirmation of them no longer changed. being a lead studio is like what bothers me more than anything. Yeah, that sucks. Like, like,
1: but that that to me all that means is is the Vicarious Visions brand no longer exists. But it doesn't mean that the studio isn't like going on to to greener pastures where the head of the studio is now basically the head of development at Blizzard. Yeah, and but she, still,
0: I. I think that, that that doesn't that doesn't take away what I'm saying like cuz it's not like like yeah like that brand is just ending now right like that I I A I think that's bad and B like I think they're not getting absorbed and becoming a different team it's not like the name is going to change and it's like oh it's they're blizzard you know albany because that's where they're located now, right? It's it's not a one-to-one like that. If they were going to still be the leads on projects and, you know, like they just have a different name now, but and they're exclusively going to work on Blizzard projects, I'd still be disappointed by that, but it would be better. It would be less erasure of the studio. Whereas like okay. I think this is very much closing Vicarious Visions, a studio who has done nothing but deliver the last couple of years and like help make the industry broader. And have better, more diverse offerings for consumers. It just doesn't exist anymore. And they're going to go make a Diablo 2 game. Great. And then what happens after that? I don't know. I'm salty about it. That's, that's,
1: I, I, that's I it. get. I, I 100% get that. But like. Prior to the the Insane Trilogy. Which was a remake. And Tony Hawk's is a remake. And the Diablo 2 game is a remake like the the last new thing they worked on was skylanders right
0: oh my god i mean for years they had only been working on like skylanders and and you know guitar hero ports and stuff so like yeah fair enough but like that's not the team that we're talking about right like the team now is the team that gave us the insane trilogy and last year gave us one of the best games of the year one of the best selling games of the year yeah And this is their reward, is for their studio to be erased and absorbed by Blizzard, who is in one of the worst places in their history right now. Like, World of Warcraft, breaking records, World of Warcraft, still going strong, don't get me wrong, Overwatch, Overwatch, still relevant years later, don't, like... But I also think that this is representative of a broader problem at Blizzard that we've been talking about for years, which is that Activision is increasingly tightening their fucking grip around Blizzard and trying to control their output and trying to control how many games they put out and how frequently they come out, which is bad. Because that's not Blizzard. Blizzard is not a studio that churns out games. Blizzard is the studio that spends like a fucking decade making a game and then it's relevant for forever. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't want to see creative studios like Vicarious Visions that have their own identity and their own voice get absorbed to feed the machine vision that Activision has for Blizzard. And that's why I said "fuck Blizzard" earlier. Is that that is not? I don't need other studios to die in service of Blizzard. Yeah, fuck Activision, man. I, I, I don't. I don't get how Activision doesn't get more flack and doesn't get like a similar I, I, level of I flack know. to EA. And
1: I, I no, but I don't understand why EA gets the flack it does anymore. Like, they've proven time and time again recently in recent history that they aren't the same company they were before. And and I know Activision you kind of equate a lot of that to this. like Respawn's uh, management getting onto the, yeah. the board of EA and kind of taking Vince over. Sampella. But Activision is just like, Go, trash. They're horrible. The yeah. I, I mean it's not it's not great, but I don't see it and I don't read it as bad as people have because the studio head is becoming the the head of development of Blizzard. If it was just a case of like it was getting absorbed, you heard nothing more, and they were literally just becoming grunts that are assisting with Blizzard's games, then I could see that.
0: But I ah, to me I, that's how this reads. Like I that one person getting a better job. Doesn't mean everything for the other two hundred and some odd employees.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I just I, I hope it's not the case, and I hope it is more like a Campo Santo situation where they get to work on games they want to work on. Like the yeah. Campo Santo abandoned the game they were working on; they went and worked on a Halo game, the first good Halo game we've had no, in decades.
0: Uh, not Halo, um, not Halo, um, Half
1: Life. The <laughs> first good Half Life game we've had in decades. Yeah, um, and and I hope we kind of get the same. With with Vicarious Visions coming into to Blizzard. Like seemingly every time Blizzard makes a Diablo game, they fuck it up. They fucked up the announcement of Diablo 4 by announcing a mobile game instead. They fucked up Diablo 4 by developing it for like the last ten years and we've heard nothing since.
0: And they just got and a new project lead.
1: <laughs> yeah, another new project lead. I hope the Diablo 2 remake is just a a way to Tied people over with the game that everyone loves, that is arguably the best game in the Diablo franchise, and they kick ass with it, and we get a console port of it for the first time. With all of the new stuff they've added to Diablo 3, with the rolling, with the fact that you don't need potions, with all of the changes that they did in the combat, it would be great. Essentially, Diablo 2 and the Diablo 3 engine would be incredible.
0: I'm sure you'll get something akin to that soon. And because it's this team, I'm sure they'll deliver because they know how to make a fucking remake. That's for sure. So, uh, rest in peace, Vicarious Visions. I really appreciate your contributions these last couple years, uh, in making this very nostalgic nineties kid, uh, get (laughs) to relive some of those glory days. I hope that Toys for Bob continues, uh, your legacy, um, as they have with Crash 4 and the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. um, Tell you what, though. Toys for Bob, they're going to need to expand that team because I don't know how they're going to make new Crash and new Spyro and new Tony Hawk. They've got a tall fucking order ahead of them. Um, but Godspeed. All right, so we have two more questions. I'm going to save them for next week. Uh, so we've got one from one Up Mango and one from Wakahula. Thanks to both of you guys for writing in. Uh, We'll save those for next week because we got to get through this main topic like quick because we still got to do After Dark.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we do. I've still got to cook dinner and it's already dark outside.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's jump into the biggest story this week. Uh, Xbox Live was just making headlines this week. Uh, Xbox coming out with the most anti-consumer move we've seen from them in years. Yeah. And they made – whirlwind of bad press for themselves people speculated we talked about why what were they thinking how could they do this uh and then of course they uh they did a 180 and they came out they apologized they reversed the decision it was a lot it was a whirlwind and i'm glad we waited to talk about the story because otherwise oh my god we would already have been dated uh, and it would have been a nonsense (laughs) conversation so we can talk about the whole thing so what happens right Xbox comes out here. They effectively announce a one hundred percent price increase for Xbox Live Gold, um, effectively doubling the price for for a year long subscription. Uh, obviously, people took issue with this. Um, the service was not changing. Nothing about it was getting better. Uh, many people pointed out that it was already kind of uh, asking a lot to pay for online, especially given that Xbox is the was the lone holdout. Uh, for charging for free to play games, so like again, if you you know you're a casual gamer, maybe you have an Xbox and you're playing Fortnite, you're playing Call of Duty, uh, whatever the fucking battle royale they have is Warzone. Um, that stuff you were you were paying for that online if you wanted to play those games. Um, only platform requiring you to do that. Not a great look, especially when you then double the price out of nowhere. Yeah, it sucked. Um, many people, both of us included, right, pointed out this is clearly. A strat, ever so, so many people. What an anti-consumer move! How could they do this? Of course, it's anti-consumer, right? It was clear they were trying to bully people into getting Game Pass, and being like, "Well, why would you pay for this? Because for the same amount of money, you could get Game Pass, and or maybe a little bit more. Maybe it's thirty dollars more if you get Ultimate, um, and you get all the same stuff plus you get the full Game Pass library. Why wouldn't you do that, right? And
1: EA Play, um, and this rumored that you're gonna get the Ubisoft subscription thing soon, right. and a bunch of other perks that you get like they were giving away disney plus for the month and stuff and then there's uh, a lot of things Crunchyroll,
0: might... like all that yeah
1: stuff. so there's a lot of stuff they incentivize you with to to get you onto game pass ultimate so i can right. kind of understand them wanting to do that and oh yeah i i personally think this would have gone a whole lot different if they'd have said we're doing this price increase however we know that 50% of you probably don't even need gold now because we're making free to play games free like of you only fucking play Fortnite every single night, and now you don't need to pay for gold. But those of you that do want gold to play like Forza Online or Halo Online, it's now going to be $1 a month more if you pay monthly, or we're increasing the price of the annual subscription to to $120 because we have getting rid of the 12 months uh, plan. And I don't know why they didn't do that, because both Daniel Ahmed and Jeff Grubb both independently said that the work to move to make free-to-play games free-to-play uh, was already under works and had been planned to be announced for a while anyway.
0: Yeah, they could have easily controlled the narrative a little bit better, you know, because like all of a sudden it just got away from them. And you had people like us who were like, yeah, this is shitty, uh, but it's clear why they're doing it. And then other people were just like, what the fuck are they thinking? It's the middle of a pandemic. Why are you raising prices? Like, what are you doing? But I don't get that, though, because it's not just
1: them that's raising prices. Like, Netflix has done it. Disney Plus has done it. a lot of people were calling them out, too, And I can understand that. You know, like... It, and, and when it comes to Disney Plus and when it comes to Netflix, they're actually adding new content. Xbox Live Gold has changed fuck all. Right, And, yeah. like, the games with Gold monthly are con- getting considerably worse because the library's dwindling of games that they can actually give away at this point. That aren't on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, that aren't
0: on Game Pass anyway. Um, yeah. I think it's clear that they, they want to get rid of this service. But I think um, I think it was Jeff Grubb I saw pointed out where it's like, it's hard to convince suits that you should give up free money right? Because it's essentially you're just paying like, hey, here's your online tax and people will pay it because it's $60 a year and they're like, ah, that's not that much, whatever, I'll pay it and forget about it. Um, that's why I still have PS Plus, right? It's like, ah, if I get any free game that I want, it pays for itself and maybe I'll need to go online at some point so I'll pay it. Yeah, but if but it was I $120 I it, wouldn't,
1: right? I think if you get rid of it, it's like it might make people go well, where do I want to buy this game and and play multiplayer with it? You know, do I play it on Xbox where I don't have to pay to play online? Like I can, I can buy like the new Call of Duty and I can play it online without having to pay to play it. Or do I buy it on PS5, but then I've got to also buy a ten dollar a month subscription for the privilege to play play that? It could be yet another advantage and an, yet another tick in the Xbox uh, Xbox like pros list. Yeah. I don't understand why they they haven't even considered that. And presumably they have considered that, but they just can't make that that um push to the executives mm-hmm. i don't know that's, but that's my am- guess
0: and i think um, that what they probably were doing here was that they wanted to bully enough people to be like fuck it i'll get on game pass it's a better deal um so that they could show oh look how successful game Pass is. we don't need this anymore let's moonlight this service right and if not they get they get basically the same amount of money out of you anyway um yeah. so either way they'd be like as a business move it was clearly a good move for them like it was a win-win perspective for them if the bad press wasn't enough to make them flinch but it was um which i was surprised by i thought that they were just going to eat shit on it for a while and be like ah everybody'll be mad at us for a little bit but like in 8 8 months 18 months when we just moonlight this service anyway nobody'll care um because i don't think i think people would have forgotten and it would have been like oh yeah remember when you said to pay for online that was weird you know, like, you wouldn't even remember the controversy. You'd remember that, like, you don't have to pay for it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that they that they flinched and that they were like, hey, our bad, this was not cool. Because um, I agree, and that was the right move. But, like, it feels like this huge unforced error. Like, they created this situation that made them look bad and then had to back out of it.
1: It's so strange. And, like... They're seemingly like they don't seem to care about the money now. It's the future subscriptions. And it does go again to getting people on to Game Pass Ultimate. Because if you had Xbox Live now and you had like uh, 11 months left of your 12 months Xbox Live Gold subscription you just got, you can move that to uh, Ultimate up to 36 mm-hmm. months of it. You can stack it for the same price. So it automatically will convert when you subscribe to xbox game pass ultimate that's what i which, did which makes me think that they probably do have plans to just get rid of this anyway at some point if you can stack and move them over they're just going to get rid at some point it's just going to be like ah we don't need this anymore we've got so many people on game pass ultimate that's where we want people to be and whether they remove the the need to pay for online or whether they just say in order to do that you have to pay for game pass ultimate i don't know what what their move would be there, but I would hope that they would say we're just getting rid of the need for Xbox Live uh, for online membership, uh, online play.
0: That's my guess. Is that eventually they just phase that out and then they don't? They just don't sell it to you that way anymore. Of like, oh, you get this ten dollars value included. It would just be like this is irrelevant now. You well, especially when online. you
1: consider you can play all of these games on the Xbox Network with your Xbox friends for free on PC. And it makes no sense that on console you have to pay $60 a year or $60 for six months it was going to be to play with your friends. Whereas if you already have a PC that can run Halo or can run Sea of Thieves, you can play those anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it just it becomes a tougher and tougher thing to sell people, I think. At least people who are like in the know, you know. Maybe the average gamer doesn't think about that. They're like, "Oh yeah, I've always paid for online. That's just what it is." Um, yeah, and and for me, it wouldn't have really
1: affected me because I pay. I, I used to pay for it monthly anyway, and it was like a one dollar increase. So, like, I, I never ever bought the six or twelve months passes, and maybe that was like a mistake. I should could have been saving a bunch of cash. Uh, but I I wonder how many people did like maybe they, it would have been best for them to show the split and say like you know eighty percent of our users only purchase the monthly subscriptions so we're going to re- re- increase the price of a monthly subscription by one dollar so 80 percent of you it affects you but the other 20 percent it doesn't then yeah. you factor in the fact the free-to-play games are going to be free to play online they could have uh, done a lot more damage control up front than they did uh, they could have made it, it
0: easier to swallow for sure
1: yeah it, it made them look bad it definitely made them look bad and it was the first time, really, that I think Xbox has done anything like that in a, a long while. Like, everything with the Series X launch and with Game Pass Ultimate and with, like, Xbox All Access, all of that stuff made them look so pro-consumer.
0: Yeah, and, like, it was interesting because I saw, I think it was Jeff Grubb again um, who was, like, kind of talking about how uh, pre-their decision to, to nix the free-to-play thing, um he's like i literally could never recommend someone buy an xbox series s if they just want to play games casually because like the cost of needing to pay for online with this double price plus you know all these other things like it would be the same amount as you buying a ps5
1: yeah if worries, i'm is- considering getting a series s for up here as like
0: a secondary console because i already paid buy for Game playstation Pass. 5 first if you buy a Series S before you buy a PlayStation five, I'm gonna fucking strangle you. I'm gonna get a If you can find me a PS five, they're like
1: fucking gold dust. They there was like seemingly a hundred for sale at Curry's in the UK and there was twenty nine thousand people in the queue when I went to go look. So my buddy you has find me one, a I'm trying PS5? to find a home
0: for right now, actually. Well
1: why yep. why don't you just yeah just
0: fly across gonna, the pond, man, go yeah. get it.
1: I mean yeah, it's I mean the shipping on right? that would have been impossible.
0: Yeah, no, it would be so expensive, <laughs> and it would probably show up to you like, beat to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, um, interesting to see. Interesting to see Microsoft uh, make this mistake and then course correct so quickly. Definitely abnormal for them, um, but I think they have maintained their nice guy image for now. Um, I'm sure there are some people who are like still mad about it, but I bet most people in like two weeks, not going to remember this even happened. Um, yeah, they'll a so.
1: about. I think the worst thing for me was their like apology tweet, which was like, "We always try to do our best for you," and how they could have possibly thought that doubling the price of Xbox Live Gold was doing their
0: best for. for, for we gamers. took a look at things and we realized we should be charging you more money. <laughs> we want to do best by you guys, like so we got to charge you more for the same exact service. Okay, it's the only way. Uh, anyway, uh, what an episode! Quite a doozy. So, thank you guys uh, for joining us here on another episode of the podcast. Uh, Make sure you write in for next week. Uh, if you are one of the people who wrote in and we saved your questions, thank you. We will, of course, be jumping into them next week. Uh, remember, you can hit me up at PeteAtLoopPots.com. Come join the Discord and get in our podcast channel or go follow at LoopPots on Twitter where every week we will ask for your questions. So go turn on notifications. We don't tweet very often. Just when episodes go live, when we need questions, or when we're going on Twitch. Um, so worth going and turning on those notifications if you want to keep up with everything that we're doing speaking of Twitch, every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Steve and I are out there gaming for you, uh, so come hang out with us, come let us know what you want to see us play this week uh, we are very open to suggestions we've got a couple cool things in the works a couple cool things on the docket um, so yeah, let us know what you want to see us play come tune in, come be a part of it, come have fun, um, it's been a good time and then, of course, head over to the YouTube channel, uh, youtubecom slash Pots or youtubecom slash podcast and uh, make sure you subscribe to both of those. Go get our video essays on the main channel. Uh, check out this show and maybe some maybe some Twitch archives coming to the podcast channel. Who's to say? Uh, so you're gonna want to go subscribe, get get in on the ground floor of uh, of this hot new channel, and uh, make sure you're there for the for the good the good new content when it comes. Uh, and then last but not least, of course, head over to Patreon.com slash uh, where you can, for just a buck, get access to After Dark, which we are about to roll into right now. Uh, and we are going to talk a little bit more about Hitman because I've got something to say. Um, but some other stuff, too, I'm sure. So uh, go check that out. Great way to support us. Great way to get a little bit of extra Loop pots in your feed every week. Um, we think it's worth your time and your, and your buck. So I hope you'll go show your support over there uh, or whatever way you choose to do so. Uh, so, until next time, I've been Pete, he's been Steve, we've been The podcast, and uh, we'll catch you next week.